Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Hello, and thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley, and you are listening to Nurses Out Loud. I am really excited to bring on my guest. Uh, her name is Nurse Lashley, and we met via Instagram. As many of you know, or may not know, I have never been a proponent of masking for the coronavirus and have been very outspoken about it. When we started hearing, you know, the last few weeks that there may be more lockdowns and our government is creating another vaccine, uh, I decided at this point, I needed to be even louder. And so I did an Instagram post of masking and how they it does not work to stop a coronavirus and it can cause harm. Well, that post received, I think about 20,000 views. And one of the comments was from our, my guest who's joining me today, Nurse Lashley, and she said something to the effect that um, that she didn't agree with me being a nurse, um, speaking out against masks, and that we needed to, you know, educate people and so forth. And so for me, I took this as an opportunity to have a discussion, which that's all I've been wanting to do is have a discussion with people that, especially nurses, that don't feel the same way as I do. And I think it's very important, but typically what happens is they don't want to talk. They never want to talk. They never want to have a discussion about it. You know, their views are one way, my views are another, and they absolutely can't even fathom the concept of having a common ground. And so Nurse Lashley is a, a Black woman, and she had also talked about wanting to educate the Black community. And for me, with, you know, almost half of my family being African-American and my stepmom being African-American. This is also a population that I am very passionate about educating as well. And so I brought Nurse Lashley on to the show today, along with Nurse April. Um, and we are going to have a discussion. We'll see how it flows because this is the first time that we are meeting one another. I wanted to do it authentically like that so that you can hear how educated nurses can have a conversation 
and there was no prepping prior to this or or anything. We were were just coming to the table and sharing our thoughts and views on masks. And I believe that it will go toward the vaccine and um, what we see in healthcare today, et cetera. So um, for those of you that do not know, Nurse April is also a black woman. And so I thought it would be really cool to have, you know, the two opposing sides of the same color, if you will, um, have a discussion. So welcome, Nurse Lashley, and welcome, Nurse April. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. So Nurse Lashley, let me just give you the floor then um, and you introduce to our audience, uh, you know, what whatever you'd like to say, um, starting out the show, um, your background, your views, all of that. Okay. I appreciate you for letting me have this opportunity to express myself. Um, I've been a nurse for over 11 years. I've been traveling for about eight years, um, just a little bit as we got to know each other just before here truly raw and authentic. Um, we have kind of a similar background where we jump from unit to unit. I did, I started at Messer, then I went to Telly, MSICU, ICU, doing acute care, LTAC. I just went wherever I could learn because I just, I love nursing. I love being a nurse. Um, with that goes to say, um, over the last couple of years, it has been very strenuous on me as a nurse to even practice before the COVID because of the system that was set up. I feel not uh, totally focused on care of patients, health care of patients, but kind of moving down of assembly line. So this is the reason why I chose to just travel and not be connected to a facility because it kind of gave me that flexibility to not have that iron fists on me and I'm still able to hold Nurse Lashley integrity. So I kept myself as a brand, just jumping from hospital to hospital, giving love and care and quality um, treatment to my patients. That was one of my main things to the point that I have become, and I don't claim it, a hypoglycemic. So um, just before the COVID, I, I went out there. I was excited. I said, I'm going to go out there, go to these different places. I kind of was made aware of it earlier because I'd like to do research. So I came across the COVID by looking into actually organ harvesting in China. So um, that brought me down a yellow big road where I was able to see something going on with a bio lab, this, that, and the third. I ended up preparing myself probably sometime in February um, wearing my N95 mask, you know, because I was like, something is coming and I need to be prepared. I know that these hospitals don't really care about me as a traveler, for say, and I see how they treat their regular nurses. So this is kind of going into this time frame where I went into a hospital out here in Atlanta and about two weeks into the contract, I guess they finally noticed that I was wearing my N95 mask. Um, I did my research at that time and I knew about the extended use of the N95 mask and what it can do, you know, to kind of break off air, airborne viruses from entering you. I know it's not 100 percent, but actually, you know, just kind of giving you that um, that filter to filter out some of the viruses coming in, into you. So I found that it was very effective at that time. I ended up losing my contract because um, once the virus hit, management freaked out. 
and they were basically holding the masses. They wasn't letting us um, use PPE. Nurses were getting sick and it was just ball game. So um, I was out of work for about three months because one, I um, don't practice vaccinations. I am a Hebrew woman. So that is my nationality. I'm not black, but I'm a Hebrew woman, you know, under the skins of the gods. But I practice under that covenant. So I never took the flu vaccine, nothing. Even all this time traveling, I always try to educate people. Hey, you have a right. You have a legal right to not take this. It could be religious, medical, or you just don't want to take it. So another stem of my background, um, I am not a self-taught, a legal nursing consultant, but I have taken a legal nursing consultant course. I love to learn. So I continue to teach myself. I love to research law. So I use all of that in the field right now to make sure that I protect myself, educate my patients. So that's a little bit about me, um, just experiencing that. I went to New York, Texas, and then I ended up finishing COVID all around Atlanta in different hospitals and different sectors from the ICU all the way down to the LTAC where I was able to see the long, long COVID, you know, where people were the long haulers, where we had to, you know, they were on a ventilator for a long time. So it was a good experience, but it was an overwhelming experience. So that's right. where I'm at right now. And okay, I'm currently cool. back in the ICU, just helping oh. out a little. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Nurse April, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience as well? Yeah, so I have been in nursing for almost 20 years now, and I originally started off on the burn unit when I was a student nurse, and then when I graduated, I got a chance to go straight into L&D, and so I did L&D for a long time, and when I transferred to Texas, I was still doing L&D, and I found out that nurses can actually be first assist in surgery, and so when I found that out, I went back to school to train to become a registered nurse first assistant, and I've been doing surgery since 2014 independently. So I work in the operating room. I assist in surgery. I wear masks all day, all day. I, I totally like, <laughs> I wear masks. And even at the beginning of the pandemic, somebody called me out in the um, on Instagram because I had masks on my page. But at the beginning of the pandemic, I believed what I was told just like everybody else, you know? So I started making these masks, these cloth masks. And I was like, okay, well, I know for us, when we try to do any kind of precautions, like against TB, we would wear the N95 masks and they had to be fitted specifically to your face. So I knew when they were telling us cloth masks, I'm like, eh, that's not going to help. But I thought, well, if I designed a mask that had like the straps, so my mask had like these straps at the top and in the back. So you, they fit more similarly to an N95. So you would get a better seal, my thought. At least I was thinking. And then if I added some filters, some I made, um, I used to take apart these filters for um, HEPA filters and then create these inserts to go into the mask. You could barely breathe. But I thought that that would protect people. But then I realized, number one, we are contaminating that mask every time we take it off and put it back on. Like if you just imagine that your hands have all these different germs and bacteria on them, in the hospital, they taught us. You put on a mask, and they taught us how to take off our PPE. And one of those things was you, you wear a mask one time, you toss it because it's contaminated. Mm -hmm. And yet when this whole COVID thing started, they're like, you know, wear a mask, put it in this paper bag for a week. I'm like, no, no, this is, this goes against everything that they've ever taught us. They're like telling us, oh, we're going to try and sterilize them. Um, what else were they telling us? Um, 
they were just telling us a lot of things that I knew weren't true. And so I was like, okay. And I used to see, like, I would work with my colleagues. I would see these surgeons coming in with their masks on, bloody masks, you guys, like blood spattered masks. They're, they're reusing over and over. And, and we're supposed to believe that this is safe and effective. It was like, okay. So then my head starts kicking. Cause I'm all about like, uh, you can say it, but also I'm going to do my own research because I know that they'll say things in healthcare and in the, in the scientific industry, they'll say things and we're supposed to just believe it because, you know, they have the authority, but I don't trust everything they say. So when I started doing my own research, that's when I realized like, it's not what they said it is. It's not all true. And so I stopped. I am not, I hate wearing N95 masks because I can't breathe in them. I can't operate with an N95 and I won't, I never did but I would wear the regular mask and I would see other people with these contraptions. Some of the anesthesiologists would make these head gears. Like they would double up with the N95 mask. They would put all kinds of things on. And at the end of the day, they were getting sick and I wasn't getting sick. And I couldn't understand. Okay. So if it's not the mask protecting us, what is it? And I think I figured it out, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So for me, you know, I remember hearing about the virus in February and then the and, and the talk was going around about needing to wear a mask. And then we had Fauci come out and say, we're not going to be a nation of mask wearers. Masks do nothing to stop a coronavirus. Uh, Surgeon General came out and said the same thing. They do nothing. We're not going to do it. And then they flipped. And when they flipped and said, wear a mask. We need to wear a mask. Everybody needs to wear a mask. And then all of a sudden in, in the hospitals and stuff, they're like, we don't have the mask. Where are we going to get the mask? You know, and people were freaking out. I, for me, I was giving, given discernment immediately in my spirit to not choose fear. Okay. And so what I was seeing promulgate on mainstream media and through the hospital systems was completely a thousand percent fear based. You're going to fear, you were going to stay home, you're going to isolate yourself. And then when the mask came, oh, and then, you know, all of the, you know, make your own mask at home, you know, kind of thing. I was like, this is ridiculous. So what I did was I said, all right, what's the gold standard mask in the hospital that we hardly ever wear except for tuberculosis patients? The N95. And then I started thinking, well, for the flu season, we were never required to wear it in the hospital during flu season. Even if there was an outbreak in the community, no healthcare professional was ever even encouraged to wear a mask 24 seven. And then I started just thinking about it. And I was like, okay, well, if the N95 is the gold standard, what does that filter for tuberculosis, which is aerosolized? And I looked and it said 0 0.3 microns. It filters N95 filters when worn properly within 15 minutes, okay, because it starts to degrade with your with your your breath and it gets wet and all of that. 15 minutes max, you have that 
and 95, if you do not ever touch it, was filtered with 95% efficacy particles, 0.3 microns and greater. Mm -hmm. And then I saw flu. I said, well, how big is a flu virus? 0.2 microns. And then I looked up a coronavirus and it was 0.1. And I thought this mask does absolutely nothing. And now for me, it was a symbol of fear and also impeding our oxygenation, right? Um, our, our breath and, and all of this. And then I started saying in the hospital, every single infectious disease protocol that we had known was being violated. People were wearing their PPE all the time. Um, they were going in and out of the rooms with it. And I was just appalled. And I, as hospital supervisor too, and nurse, I said, you guys, you have to take off your PPE in the room. You can't bring that contaminated mask and, and gown and your gloves outside of that room. Yep. Prior to this, we would have gotten written up. This was against OSHA standards. But people were going in and out of every single room wearing, you know, their PPE. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, this is not contact. And, you know, when the government came out and said, you need toilet paper and all this other BS and wash your food and wash your fruits and stuff. I said, this is a respiratory virus in nature. It's not a contact precaution. So contact precautions, we never needed to wear a gown, Right. We would just have to put, I mean, for an aerosolized, like if we went into TB room, all that was required was a mask, an N95 mask. And you took that mask off when you were in that room. You didn't come out of the room with that mask or else you would have got written up. So essentially for me, I just did basic research and then it started me down the path of who are those people that come in, in and fit test us every year. What are those people called? And then I found industrial hygienists. That's what they were called. And then I started searching for industrial hygienists and I came across Stephen Petty, Krista Megan, Tammy Clark, et cetera. But guys, that, I mean, essentially that's where my thinking was, was from the beginning, it was just a, a fact base. I refused to act on emotion like everybody else was doing. And I would just tell people like, guys, it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything, especially the way you're wearing it. So when I, when I first saw that there was a viral video that went across the, you know, the internet and there was this industrial hygienist. And that was the first time I'd ever even heard of what an industrial hygienist was. And she was talking about how the masks don't work. And so she said all of these things. And then at the end, she referenced Stephen Petty. So I went and looked him up just to verify everything that she said. And I mean, he had a video on there that talked about the different sizes of particles and how, how long it takes for them to fall to the ground. And basically something like a COVID virus can stay suspended in the air because it's so lightweight. It can stay suspended in the air for 30 days. Yep. And if there's any gust of wind or any movement of air, it gets resuspended. So in the process of it falling, it gets resuspended. So you think about the movement in the room or the air system, the HVAC system, all that. It's constantly in the air. 
So when we do, when we were doing things like going to a restaurant, you wear your mask, you get your table and then you take your mask off so you can eat your food. And then you put your back, your mask back on in order to go to the bathroom. It was just a clown show to me because I knew if the virus is technically always in the air all around, then what's the point in taking it on and off? Yeah. And what's protecting us from getting it? Why aren't all of us getting sick all the time if these masks really aren't working at all? Yeah. Lashley, I'll let you. Well, I was listening, taking some notes, and I do appreciate some of the things that you were saying. I was highlighting one of the things I want to ask, because you, you talked about TB, yeah. and we're talking about COVID. Do you believe that TB was manipulated in a lab? Do you feel like TB was manipulated in a mat in a lab? No, the only thing I would say about TB is that we know it's aerosolized okay. um, because it's such a small, it, it's small. So all I was looking at was just the size of the, an aerosolized virus. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm trying to expand the conversation because one, I look at uh, COVID from what I have been, you know, following a lot of different doctors. I can't remember all their names. If you yeah. look at Nurses to Nurses News Network, you're going to see I'm not biting. I put a lot of scientists, a lot of um, geneticist information. They back back made um, COVID virus. And um, I have a French scientist that talks about the clots way before it happened. Yeah. So um, I'm not a fear monger. I'm not afraid at all. Um, but what I would say with that is that um, COVID and TB, I think, are two different things because this one was manipulated by man. And we really don't know what they have done allegedly i don't i don't want to just throw this out here because you're going to put things in the platform but um i do have it on my nurses and nurses news network where they said they broke down it the molecular compounds of this and allegedly it was um kind of in inserted with allegedly hiv i'm mm-hmm. saying allegedly and mm-hmm. mad cow disease Okay, so this is why it's crossing the brain barrier. So it's kind of different. So that's why I don't compare it to the two. I I do respect what you're saying about the size of the micro. And I want to clear up and say that I don't think mass works 100 percent. What I think it does is put up some type of barrier, as you say, um, I um, I want to ask also, Miss April, where did you get the information where it stays in the air for 30 days? Because they were saying that at first, but I thought that was actually like, you know, thrown out because they, uh, COVID is not in capsule. So it doesn't make sense for it to be able to even stay alive that long. I mean, just thinking about how um, a bacteria or anything will stay alive. Let's talk about, like, for example, MRSA. You see what I'm saying? It's encapsulated with something. So I'm not sure about the 30 day thing. So I, I would really like a little bit more like information pertaining to where that comes from. So I could kind of expand my horizon because they were saying that earlier. And I was like, man, that don't make any sense. We can't touch nothing. It's going to be everywhere forever. We're never going to be able to protect ourselves. Like this is ridiculous. But what I will say is that when you're looking at the N95 mask, 
I would believe that it's some type of barrier that's going to help you mitigate how much virus you are susceptible to. And this is why I support masks to a certain extent, because we all should have be able to protect ourselves. Let me give you one example, because I kind of used it just most recently. It was a nurse in a seminar. I figured she was sick. Only one wearing a mask. I'm like, why is she wearing a mask? Me, Miss Lashley coming up, talking, hugging, ridiculousness. Go back to my seat. Now I'm my throat itchy. I'm like, my immune system kicking right in. I look at her, I'm like, yeah, I know she's sick. But I, I feel if she didn't have her mask on, that more of what she would have what she had would have been, you know, cross-contaminated to me, which would have caused my immune system to have to fight more of what was coming. But because there was some barrier. I didn't get as much filtration because of her barrier. So imagine she has her little barrier and I have my little barrier and we have a little bit of space. It's all about how much viral load you're being subjected to and your immune response at the time. So I'm not totally like a masker, like, oh my God, wear your mask. But I will say that I do believe it works. But before I close off so I can give you back the floor, have you ladies worked in COVID as a COVID nurse? I, I worked in COVID, so I worked for uh, the Native Americans at Phoenix Indian Medical Center, the Navajo Nation. They were the most affected population in the world. Um, they lost seven years off of their lifespan. And, um, and just to give you uh, a comparison, the average American lost not even a year off of their lifespan through COVID, right? Um, but the Native Americans, they lost seven years. And so they were getting infected and um, dying at significantly higher rates. My hospital is like 100 years old and it was a small 70 bed hospital and um, and they were getting sick at, at exorbitant rates. Everybody was getting sick. Everybody was calling off except me. Um, and I never wore my mask hardly at all. Um, and, and the reason for that is because when you talk about the viral load, yeah, that's absolutely a thousand percent. Yeah. The more of a virus that you're, you're going to get, you know, your the potential to be sick becomes greater. But the fact still remains, like if we take out emotion of it, if we take out the psychology that has been ingrained in us, if you do something, just even a little bit, you are going to help. That type of thing, if you stay home, if you isolate, if you wear your mask, if you get vaccinated, you know, all of these things, that's all emotion. I'm just sticking with pure facts of the size of the particle and what it can filter. And so, you know, when you talked a little bit about like tuberculosis and a coronavirus, those are two completely separate. I don't even care what the chemical makeup is. Doesn't even matter. All that mattered to me was the, the size and what it can filter and what it can't. I don't know, you've probably seen, you know, the little Instagrams and, you know, TikTok videos of somebody putting a mask on and then being outside in cold air and you just see the breath go everywhere. Um, that right there, you know, or or the size of it saying that the size of your cloth mask or the N95 that, it, you know, it's like putting up a chain link fence to stop mosquitoes. That That's really, that's 
That's how significant it is. And again, I went to the expert. You know, the experts are the industrial hygienists. And so they have something called the hierarchy of control. And when we come back from break, I'll start off with that. And then I'll let uh, Nurse April answer your question um, that you had proposed to her. Uh, but guys, so I'm so excited that we are all here having this amazing conversation and also excited to introduce to you our new sponsor, ASEA. And, you know, we we all have our little stories about it, but I will tell you that there is a product and it's called um, the Revitalizing Gel and um, and all the chemical makeup of it is just salt and water with redox molecules. And redox molecules happen at the cellular level to help with cellular turnover and repair of the cell. And um, there is that gel. And I have had several people who have had hemorrhoids <laughs> go and use it. Um, and it really helped them. So we have so many different stories of it helping. I take the drink every day, uh, two ounces in the morning, two ounces at night. And um, since I met with them in February, I just have been so excited that I have some energy back. So we will be right back after the break. It's time and For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Well, the Out Loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud News was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
Welcome back. You are listening to Nurses Out Loud, and I am your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. Nurse April Snipes, uh, who is our Monday host, is joining this conversation with Nurse Lashley, who um, was an Instagram follower of mine and um, disagreed with my um, public positioning of wearing masks to people and she um, decided to join the conversation. And so you are listening to us speak for the first time. And um, the first half we we spoke, you know, gave a little bit of our backgrounds and our thoughts and feelings on masks. Um, but I will finish my thought with that. So when I, I looked for the experts who are scientists, they are pathogen protection experts. They are the people that handle pandemic preparedness and response. Um, they're, they're scientists for all known um, or unknown potential risk to people in the hospital, to people in different career fields um, all over. They just go out and they look at what the the risk are, what is the pathogen that they have to protect. And they have something called the hierarchy of control. And it's a it's a pyramid, right? And and with that pyramid, they start by talking about can we eliminate this pathogen, whatever it may be? And it's like, no, we couldn't eliminate COVID, right? For example. And then they go down to think of substitution. And they're like, can we substitute it for something else? You know, can we make some changes? in um, the environment to help us prevent against it. And it's like, no, they couldn't do that. And then they look at, can we destroy it? Now, the interesting part of that is destruction technology. What is out there that could destroy something so small as COVID? And you look at it, if you think, was there any outbreaks on airplanes? No, we didn't have any outbreaks on airplanes. Did we have any mass outbreaks at dental offices? No, right? What did they do? They just did normal standard precautions. Even at dentist offices, there wasn't anything different that they had done. And then they look at it, well, what PPE? So P, what type of PPE? And PPE, when you're talking about a, um, a virus that's a, the, that is this small, um, masks are not part of PPE in an industrial hygienist perspective um, because masks are not respirators. So if we really cared and we really wanted to make a difference, they would have brought in pappers, you know, the ones with the, the helmet, you know, that was what could destroy or eliminate somebody from getting sick from COVID as if they wore one of those helmets. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, April. I'll let you. Um, so the whole 30 days things actually came from when I was doing the research with Stephen Petty and he has an excellent pod or YouTube video and I watched it over and over and over and I'm taking notes and mm -hmm. all the things. So I'll send you a link so that you can I'll watch it. it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know who he is. Yeah. And he's, oh. so he's the one who explained the whole process of the falling and how long it takes. So when it's that small and that light it stays suspended for that long and it's falling slowly and eventually it hits the ground. But if there's any movement of air, then it gets resuspended. 
um, one of the things that I thought that they were talking about was um, to prevent COVID was through the ventilation system. We should have had a better system of moving the air exchange and all those things. To, uh, that's why people who were outdoors didn't have issues with getting COVID. There were no massive COVID outbreaks with people in outdoor situations. It gets filtered out through the air. Um, what was the, oh, and so for me, I, I hated masks, right? And I'm also somewhat defiant. So when people say do things a certain way, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm going to push back. And so I would take my mask off and I go to a lot of different hospitals. And one of the things that really triggered me was that I would go to a hospital and it was like quiet. I'm like, mm -hmm. where are all these patients that they keep telling us about? And I would ask the staff, like, are you guys full? And they're like, nope. And so I'd go to another hospital just because of my job and what I do, I go to different hospitals in the Metroplex and it would be the same thing over and over. Like it wasn't overflowing the way they were reporting in the news. And that's when I realized like, okay, there were times when it was busy. Yes. And, but one of the things that people may not have known is that they had specific hospitals where COVID patients had to go. So if all of the patients are being um, funneled to specific hospitals, then yes, those hospitals are going to look like they're overflowing because they are. But then, you know, that you have the news crews who are going to go to those hospitals and they're going to see the chaos and they're going to get and they're going to capture it and they're going to put it out there and it's going to cause more fear. But what I saw personally firsthand was there weren't as many COVID patients as they were saying. And also I took care of the patients in surgery. So, you know, they had canceled elective procedures. You know, we weren't even allowed to work, which is another reason why I was making masks because I was like, I got to do something. I thought of doing travel nursing so I could do something to help, um, but I couldn't do that. So I decided, okay, I'm going to make masks and help people that way, which wasn't helping anybody. But what I realized though was that, um, and going to all these different hospitals and not for me personally, not wanting to wear a mask because I didn't think that they were working um, and, and not wearing the N95s during surgery when we knew we had a COVID patient. Like, OK, we know this patient has COVID precautions, blah, blah, blah. I'm still not going to wear the N95 and I still didn't get sick. And so it was like, OK, well, what is it that's keeping me from getting sick? And then I started doing more research. And I think we actually probably follow and learn from a lot of the same people, um, Nurse Lashley, because mm -hmm. the names that you are speaking of, and I've seen some of the, your videos, we, I think, are on the same wavelength. We are really following the same yellow brick road. And one of the scientists, he's a doctor, actually, I watched a video of his, and he was talking about how the immune system, how we have to strengthen our immune system, because we're exposed to viruses constantly like there's nothing we can do to not be exposed to viruses and they're not always bad they can help us um and so what he was saying and what i found to be true was that as long as you have a strong immune system even when you're exposed to the the viruses you won't necessarily get sick and then when dr mccullough started talking about doing the nasal oral um mm. cleansing i started doing those iodine nasal rinses and gargle if I ever thought I was starting to get sick, if I thought I was sneezing or had a runny nose, I would do that. Symptoms gone. Just, I mean, I think that we were looking at masks and thinking masks was the answer when it wasn't. The thing that was preventing us from getting sick was our immune system. Okay. Well, can I add a few things? Because I had a lot. Mm -hmm. yes, we do I saw you over there taking notes. I, I, yeah, I always <laughs> take notes. I can't help it. Okay. So <laughs> one of the things I want to highlight is that as well, I haven't got sick. I didn't, I, um, earlier in 
COVID, I went to take a test to see if I had antibodies and I had antibodies. We do have to highlight that COVID is not new. It's just a manipulated virus. So a lot of us already have some type of immune response or knowledge of it. So it it helps people like me and you who have higher immune system be able to detect it and fight it. So that's one of the things I want to highlight to the general public, that this is something that's not new. So there are going to be people who have not got this, especially IE kids, because this was, you know, you know, the kids literally had been subjected to this a lot. Um, the second thing I want to highlight, because that was the last thing you talked about um, doing like nasal lavages or, you know, and my question is, why would you do that if you feel like your immune system is strong enough just to fight it? Now, I'm saying that being fastidious because that is highlighting some of the things that I want to talk about as far as um, mm -hmm, liposomes and cinephils, the things that are in our nasal cavities that actually hold some of the viruses there and we can transmit it between each other. So by you doing that, you are actually eliminating whatever viruses that were going into your nose while your body's still fighting. We fighting, you're coming in on the outside doing something preventative, you know, and going in and doing that. And I'm a preventative nurse. I'm I'm with you. You know, I kind of went, when I go natural, I go natural, you know, like garlic, vitamin C, because my, my ethnicity, you know, coming from my culture. So I would say that that was a preventative mechanism that you use. And that's one of the main things that I want to highlight because um, as you were saying, uh, Nothing works but the pepper. But what else works that we can use to help prevent? Now, I'm saying this because I'm just going to double back to one of the things that was mentioned, basically the sensationalism of healthcare, of saying, oh, this, you got to do something to save people's life. I agree. We have to do something because if we don't do nothing, we're going to sit here and die. So that's why I'm into preventativeness. So I want to ask you, ladies, what do you think we can do naturally to prevent or help, you know, deter some people who may not have the immune response that we have and not be able just to walk up and be in front of COVID people and fight? What do they do if they don't have a pepper? Because it, it is it is alarming I'm going to be honest, it's alarming because to say to use emotions and feelings to get people routed to do something is bad. It is bad the way they were doing it, you know, manipulating to a certain extent. But that's how we get people moving in healthcare. You have to teach them. You have to say your loved one will, you know, be harmed or you don't want to hurt your family or you want to take care of yourself. So that's some mm -hmm. of the things we use all the time to get people mm -hmm. going. I think we we need that. That that I, I mean that opens a line of communication and people really wanting to learn because if they don't connect it to their direct self and they just seeing everything out there, they're not going to participate. So I know I said like two questions, but if you could just address what do you think we should do as preventative? Well, uh, I think you want me. Uh, do you mind, April? I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because you said a few things that I'm trying to remember. Um, number one, kids did not, were never affected. Kids exactly. were negligible. And it wasn't because they, they're subjected to a coronavirus more often than not. It was because that they don't have their ACE2 uh, receptors developed, right? And it looked like COVID was binding on to the ACE2 receptor. 
and uh, elderly and older people, right? And so that's where the people that did get a really sick, they they were older, not our children. But yet, again, emotion. We locked down our children. For me, it was in the beginning, public health policy. Okay, public health policy. As as you know, medical professionals, we don't make crap up. We don't we don't make things up. We are bounded by our ethical principles to uphold evidence based practice. And for the listeners that, you know, may have never heard that term is um, that means that you are to use the best the best science you have available. Okay, and what I believe our government did and the whole world got on board with it was to initiate this fear campaign. You know, um, you, you had said, well, what other way could we get a people to um, to go down this line of path, you know, line of thinking to help their neighbor to do all of that? A, a thousand, a hundred percent. I do not agree with using a fear based tactic to get people to comply. Right. It, it's kind of like if we have a diabetic and we know hey, listen, you're starting to experience neuropathy. You know, it's already, you're already being affected. This has been killing you for quite some time. And you are just now starting to realize the impact of it. The What will happen if you do not get this under control is we will have to start amputating, right? That's factual. But I am not going to tell the wife or the, the, you know, the caregiver, listen, if you keep giving him sugar, he is going to die. Right. I mean, we will, we will tell him that the facts sugar causes inflammation, which is affecting his circulatory system, you know, and I don't even know if that's maybe the best example of it, but again, evidence-based practice showed us that masks are not effective on a coronavirus. We had decades of studies, decades. And then we had to wait for a Cochrane review to come out and tell us that masks don't work again. We already knew this, but the government used it as a tactic to promote fear. They did not want to talk about the things that we should have, could have done, like briefly talking, boost your immune system. Guys, stop eating sugar. It causes inflammation and viruses and bacteria love to eat off of that stuff. So stop, eliminate sugar from your diet the best that you can. Eat whole foods and up your vitamin C intake, up your vitamin D, right? Um, That was the biggest one was for me was vitamin D and realizing that the reference ranges that allopathic um, clinicians look at that a 20 the lowest end of normal was, was enough to keep you, you know, sufficient on your vitamin D when many um, different studies were out there that were talking about it being at least 50, you know, how many people have a 50 uh, vitamin D, like maybe 5% of the country. Right. And so zinc, we needed to have zinc so that it opened up the cell to accept the vitamin C and for it to start, you know, to boost your immune system. So vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, 
huge things that they could have done. They should have told people, open up your windows, be outside, open up your windows, put fans on in the room at the very least to keep the ventilation and circulation going on. But what did we tell them? Lashley, we told people stay home. Don't be around your family. You, you can go to Costco, but you can't go to church. Right. Like to me, it was just so grossly apparent that we were victims of propaganda. And so I think I might've answered those questions, but I'll let you um, respond to April. Oh, oh. The nasal thing. So, so oh. I only did the nasal thing if I started having symptoms. So then I realized, okay, there's obviously an overload of the virus in my body's like, Hey, either I wasn't sleeping enough or I, when I, so I think I actually think I had COVID once and I, and I talk about the story. I even had a TikTok and I like went every day through me going through COVID and I know the day that I, well, the next day when I got it, it was right after I had gotten into this huge fight with my family over the stupid COVID. <laughs> and I mean, we were arguing and I have doctors in my family who were trying to tell me, just get the vaccine, telling everybody in the family, just get vaccinated. And I'm trying to say, stop, wait, look at the research. There's not enough research. It's not safe to just tell everybody to just get it. And so we're arguing big, big argument. And the next day I got sick. And so that for me was proof that stress mm. depletes your immune system because all the time, my husband had gotten COVID early in the beginning. He had the, you know, the first strain and he was, he, it wasn't even that bad. He thought he was having issues with his allergies. But at one point I remember I was so sick of the whole COVID thing that I was just like, I'm going to go ahead and get it so I can be done with it. And I ate off of him and I was around him and I still didn't get sick. And so the only time, I mean, my kids had been sick. The only time that I got sick was after I had that big fight with my family. And so for me, my immune system, if, if I get stressed out or if I'm not sleeping enough, one of the other things that I learned from this one doctor, um, you guys ever watch MedCram videos? Yes. No. So he was the one, <laughs> he was the one who did this video during COVID about our immune system. And he was talking about vitamin D and the importance of vitamin mm -hmm. D. But then he did this video where he was talking about how high fructose corn syrup turns off vitamin D. So if you ingest anything that artificial sweetener, then you're basically cutting off the, the vital effects of vitamin D from your body. And that, and I was telling my dad that, and he was saying that makes sense because he has friends. My dad's older. He's 80, 81 now. And his friends who would be out getting plenty of vitamin D, they're on the golf course, they're retired, they're doing all these things. And yet they were still getting sick. And I said, you know, if you could be doing all the right things and have your vitamin D levels where they need to be. But as soon as you go to Starbucks and drink your Starbucks mm -hmm. or you eat your cereal or everything, ketchup, every, it's in everything. Yeah. then you're basically shutting down the effects and your immune system is, is vulnerable again. So those are, those are the things that I'm all, I think you're absolutely right, Lashley. Like we have to do preventative things. Yeah. We have to build our immune system. I've started looking, there's this app I use called trash Panda and I scan the foods. Now it tells you what is in the food that's dangerous. And then it links it to a study. So, you know, you can do your own research. What is it? Trash so, Panda? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, get that trash panda. It's free. 
Um, okay. And I've started like I made yogurt uh, yesterday, you guys. Like I'm making stuff because everything has poison in it now, and so having to learn from growing up in the city and and not knowing this stuff, just not realizing like we have to be responsible for the things that we ingest because our government doesn't care about us. Right. Um, I would love to add, I want to say first, the ladies, uh, what you were saying about preventative, the um, example you were giving and some of the suggestions is amazing. And that was one of the big problems that they were censoring us on telling people yeah. vitamin D. It's not just a few people. The whole United States is vitamin D deficient. Yeah. And that's directly mm -hmm. related to our food intake because we are the only uh, nation in the world that allow GMO in all of our food. So yeah. as you mentioned, the sugar, the processed food that directly reflects on our vitamin D consumption as well as our autoimmune response. Mm -hmm. So going into the oil, uh, just branching off of that, when I say autoimmune response, I want to go back to one of the things that was mentioned as far as kids not getting sick. And that's what I said, our kids were not getting sick, but some of our kids was subjected to being sick because of the spike protein in the um inflammation response call it causing hishimoto i'm saying Hashimoto's, yeah. Hashimoto's. okay yeah. so that they use that to hyperinflate you know oh your kids could get sick not educating now going back to education you may not like me because if i was one of your nurses on the floor and i have a patient that's non-compliant last year's gonna tell them the truth listen oh, yeah. what you're doing sir can lead to your demise you will die because of the food that you're eating you've been a diabetic for a while we've been working on these different um diet plans but you have to want it and if you have family support yes i will tell a family this is a life and death situation so you do have to play a part if this if he's in your home maybe y'all can go food shopping together start yeah. to make different dietary changes so as far as fear and it not being acceptable that's pretty much just telling someone kind of like what you said but i'm more direct it's no, no, to, I'm. I hear. I feel you. Totally direct. Yeah, we're gonna have to try to stop this. So what they did was use that and inflate it and just focus on certain things. And I totally agree. It was not correct at all. And what is missing from this occasion? Oh, okay, excuse me. Y'all know I've been up all night. What's missing <laughs> from this equation is actually healthcare teachings. That's one of the things that I found. Are uh, very admirable for people who were able to make it through this platform with one, two, or three followers, thousands of followers, because they were knocking us out the box. From yep. the two, I was always censored. So if you look at my page, I get talk about vitamin D and the deficiency. Um, I have, a, you know, like sciences and doctors who made their videos about that, about getting out in the sun, about the natural air. So, um, because I'm gonna hit a few things going back into what you were saying, why. We didn't wear like all PPE in the room going with TB patients. Again, I'm going to highlight there are two different viruses. We don't know what they did. I don't trust them. So anything that I can do to try to protect myself, we don't know how this is going to work. Now, you, you, the specialists who talk about aerosol treatments, and then I'll let y'all go in, is a difference between water and soda. Okay. You're rather like a little bit of water go get through you or soda. Water is. A, a, a common cold. Soda is this COVID. We really don't know what they have in it. So I'm kind of like up in the air about kind of saying like no mask will work at all, going right back to the mask because there, I, I just felt using the mask with me and, and like you said, 
um, Miss April, you said you must have had more of the viral load and the stress, which is right, because stress do that. And it's so crazy. I was stressed out the whole time. I lost family members. They didn't want to talk to me. I was a crazy nurse who didn't want. I said, yeah. don't take the vaccine. So I was very Welcome stressed. Welcome to the I was, club. Yes, I was very stressed. I don't even know why I didn't catch it. So God be the glory. But yeah. that goes to say that do affect how we respond. And you you did agree that you may have encountered more of the viral load and your immune system wasn't ready. So you mm -hmm. had to do something third party to start hitting it, you know? So we can do something. So it sounds to me like we are going to do a part two, which I knew <laughs> that we would. So guys, I'm going to wrap this up here really quick, finish the, the this thought and then join Nurse April on Nurses Out Loud on Monday and um, and hear part two of this conversation. Um, so just to, to answer you real quick to finish these thoughts, uh, Lashley, is yeah, we, we needed to educate and we needed to tell people what was going on. But the thing is, is that people were not dying in the streets. We weren't pulling bodies out of the home. Prison systems, people weren't like, you know, falling and dying and homeless shelters. So to me, what we saw, you know, clinically, and like I said, my whole hospital was COVID. Literally every single room was practically COVID patients. And so what I was seeing with my own eyes and how I was living my life and trying to encourage others to boost up their immune system and to use the dilute povidone iodine, not something that I would take every single day, like Nurse April said, um, you know, certainly people do do that. And, you know, some of the marketing on it is when you're in close quarters or, you know, not in highly ventilated areas to go ahead and use a squirt of it um, to help re reduce viral load and not viral load, viral replication. Right. Mm -hmm. So we needed to if you have something and you kind of felt like, you know, when you said that you were, you know, with that girl that had the mask on and you walked away and you kind of got a little cough at that point would be like, yeah, let me let me squirt it up my nose and mm -hmm. be like, like done with it to stop anything from continuing to replicate. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about more on the other side of this, but, um, I knew this conversation would be great. If only guys, we just give each other an opportunity to hear what others think we can all learn something from each other. And, um, you know, and we are more alike than we are different. And so, Make sure that you check out Nurse April on Monday for part two of this. We'll can keep this conversation going, um, but this is Nurses Out Loud. We aim to empower, educate, inform, and encourage everyone to talk amongst each other, share the out loud truth. AmericaOutloud.news, guys, share, share, share. We even have uh, an app that you can download, America Out Loud Talk Radio, and you can listen to 24-7 programming for all of our amazing hosts and shows 24 hours a day. So until next time, this is Nurse Jody O'Malley, and I encourage you all to shine your light into this darkness. It's time.